Welcome back, everybody. Season two, episode three of the Heated Exchange. We have a very special show today. Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how are you? I'm doing great, Austin. Happy to be back. Glad you made it for this Saturday recording. I know, I know the last Saturday yeah, we tried yeah, to do yeah, recording, yeah. we had uh-huh. some issues, but yeah, this uh-huh. is this is a very special show because I believe this this is our first guest that we've had on in the actual league. I think it's our second guest overall. We had one on the show last year, but this is, this is a very good way to start off our, our string of guests. Uh, someone that's you know been been in this league for coming now into his fifth season. Uh, Lucas Lima started in this league 2017. And then he took a break in 2018. I don't know what was going on there. And then he rejoined the league in 2019 and been with the league ever since. I'll read off some stats before we let him, you know, tell us a little bit about himself. He's played in 62 games between the playoffs and the regular season, 28 and 34. That's eighth among active league members. <laughs> one, in, one and two in the playoffs. That's also eighth among active league members. Has made the playoffs in two of his four seasons. His average regular season finish is sixth place, and his average final finish is also sixth place. The person that he has dominated the most in head-to-head matchups is actually Sean Curvers. He has four wins against him in seven matchups. Lucas's most frequently rostered player throughout his tenure has been Emmanuel Sanders. He has been on his team wow. three different times, and his most frequently rostered team has been the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, I mean, maybe that's why he's... His record is, is, is sub 500 there. But wow. uh, f- final two things, among active league members, he's sixth in draft accuracy with 32.81% of his draft picks hitting. And his most success is when he's drafting the running back position, 38.46% of the time he finds a solid running back. So I've given everyone a little bit of background on Lucas, and so now let, let's bring him in. Lucas, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be on. Uh, my favorite stat, it's not one you mentioned, <laughs> but it's uh, actually our head-to-head um, trade uh, record yeah. where I have destroyed Jet in essentially every trade we've made. I don't know why he keeps trading with me, but, you know, it's it's really fun. As far as the break I took, um, I wasn't a fan of management. Uh, me and Jet <laughs> came to a, a, an agreement. Um, and, yeah, I'm back. It's a, It's a good time. I will say I did tank a few of those years once we started the Keeper League. Yeah. So let's try and take that with a grain of salt, please. Of course. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Happy yeah. We're happy yeah, to we, have you, Lucas. Yeah, it, we're, we're glad Huge that Emmanuel Sanders be... fan. I cannot <laughs> believe he is one of your most rostered players. That's mind-boggling. You know, he's irrelevant now, pretty much. So that says something. Well, if, yeah, I believe mine was, uh, what, Doug Baldwin coming into this year? Oh, it was, it was, one of my most roster players. Yeah, it, it was something, something of that nature. I know you've had a, I think you had a bunch of guys like tied. Yeah, you have like five different guys like tied <laughs> for like your most roster player. Like, I think some of them is like Doug Baldwin, Seattle defense, um, some oh, other God. ones. Like, it's, yeah, it, it's pre- pretty interesting to, to you look know. At those speaking of, of Seattle, you know, speaking of Seattle defense, this just came to my memory. Lucas, I remember we and you had a matchup one night. One weekend. I remember I had the Seattle defense and I was down to you by like 10 and I had and Seattle defense got like 20 that night. It was like Sunday night football. I remember me and you were texting back and forth and you were like, dude, you were the luckiest man I've ever seen. Oh, and I'm I sure. remember I beat you in that yeah. matchup. I've had uh, some really tough beats. Um, I'm everyone I draft seems to get injured very often and I tend to lose on ridiculous Monday night football games. That has to do with management. I love that, 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 by the way. That's a, that, that's whoever makes a schedule, and that's that goes back to management. 
So yeah. no wonder why you took a one-year hiatus. Oh, I don't, I don't think management. I don't think management. You know, tells people no, who to craft. Tells it's tells people always, who, no. you know all all that stuff. But you know, it's I, always I, your fault. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, we we have a very exciting show. We're gonna do another stat of the day. We're gonna talk about the wide receiver position this week, and then we talked about it last week. We're gonna do a first round mock draft for our league, the Dirty Diaz. Each of us all have first-round picks. I don't think anyone doesn't have a first-round pick this year after what happened last year. But everyone has a pick. The, the draft order is set, and we'll get to, you know, who our projections are for each of those picks in the first round. So it's, it's going to be a very exciting show. You guys ready to get started? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So stat of the day. Last week was about the quarterback position. This week it is all about the wide receiver position. So – let, let me set the scene before we know, ask both of our, one of our guests, Austin's not a guest. I don't know why I referred to him as a guest, but <laughs> on average, each year there have been 14 wide receivers who were drafted outside of the top 36, who eventually made it into the top 36 that season. In 2021, there were actually 15 wide receivers who accomplished this feat. Some of these notable names were Debo Samuel, drafted as the 38th overall, overall wide receiver, finished third. Hunter Renfro, drafted as the 78th wide receiver, finished 10th. Mike Williams, drafted as the 48th wide receiver, finished 12th. Jalen Waddell, drafted as the 46, 42nd wide receiver, finished 13th. And Michael Pittman Jr., drafted as the 40th wide receiver, finished 17th. Those are those are some big names, and those, those are all guys that are going pretty high in drafts this year. So we're looking to see potentially if we can find some of those wide receivers that are going off the board outside the top 36 this year that are going to finish in the top 36 by season's end. So, Lucas, I'll start with you since you are our guest. Talk about it, a few guys that you think who are going outside the top 36 who can finish within the 36. Yeah, so I'll start off with a little bit of a deeper cut. I'm a huge fan of Romeo Dubes or Dubes, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, out of Green Bay. Um, he's currently at wide receiver 119, according to Fantasy Pros. Um, training camp, everyone's been talking about his hands, how he's sort of outshone uh, Christian Watson, their second round pick. Drafts in the fourth round. I'm not really a big believer in Sammy Watkins or Alan Lazard. Um, in Dynasty, I would probably take Watson because I do think he has the higher ceiling. I think he'll be the better player in two to three years. But I do think Dubes has a very good chance to uh, be, the, be the wide receiver one on this team. And for price of what wide receiver 119, that's a last pick in the draft, second to last pick in the draft, and uh, I love the value. Uh, that, by the way, that is digging to like the yeah. depths. Starting, of starting the off, receiver. starting yeah. off deep. A little, there. little yeah. bit of a deeper cut. That's to start deep, off. man. I was not expecting that. No, that's, you pull that out of the like the bottom of the ocean almost. <laughs> Austin, uh, go ahead. Give give us one name. All right, so I'm not gonna go that deep in. It's a guy who's actually drafted this year. Guy I love, especially the situation he's going to uh, be in. I love uh, Drake London coming into this year. Currently, according to Fantasy Pros, he is the 39th uh, ranked receiver. And frankly, look, rookie out of USC, he's 6'4", 219 pounds. I mean, you can't teach that size. He had a 38% target share at USC. And you know what? This season, he is stepping into a situation where he is going to be the wide receiver one. Right, no Calvin Ridley. Um, so you know Drake London's going to get a lot of volume, a lot of targets, a, lo a lot of action. Um, and frankly, the only thing he needs, which you could say is about any receiver, he just needs at least average quarterback play from either Mariota or Ritter, whoever the hell plays. 
but I love Drake London. He can end up being a sneaky, sneaky pick this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. There's going to be plenty of, of targets to go around considering obviously no Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is long gone. It's just Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and That's then it. a bunch of guys that are just, you know, trying to even make the NFL roster. So I like that one a lot. One guy that I really like is going off the board is the 105th wide receiver, which I was, you know, re- really surprised to see him going that low. But this is according to Fantasy Pros, Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. He's the, the number two wide receiver on this Texans team, obviously behind Brandon Cooks. But in his rookie season, he developed a nice rapport with Davis Mills, who was also a rookie last year. He ranked second in targets on the team. He scored more, more points with Mills than any other starting Texans quarterback a season ago. And I think, you know, that chemistry is only going to continue to grow as both of these guys, you know, look to take a step forward. Um, in, in year two. And, and even even in a dynasty format, I also like Nico Collins because considering he is a second year player and I think, you know, Brandon Cooks isn't going to be a Houston Texan forever. And I think Nico yeah. Collins could eventually, you know, emerge as the wide receiver one on this offense. And obviously, you know, the Texans offense isn't going to be great for fantasy, but we've seen players in, in years past be able to produce on bad teams, especially when they're getting a heavy dose of volume each and every week. So Nico Collins is someone that I'm definitely looking to finish within the top 36 this year. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. Lucas, uh, do you have another one? Yeah. Well, outside of the Green Bay uh, rookie wide receivers, um, which I love due to dust of uh, Devon Adams leaving, uh, someone else I really like is Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. Uh, a lot of people clown that signing, and I think maybe he did get a little overpaid. Um, but he's going to dominate from the slot position. Last year, he ranked 13th among slot receivers with limited usage. Um, there's virtually no competition in this role from Jacksonville. Uh, Nault, uh and Marvin Jones are probably going to play the outside. Other receivers on the roster include Jamal Agnew, Zay Jones, and Laquan Treadwell. And it's also basically impossible for the Jags offense to get worse, you know? So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take a huge step this year. And I think Kirk could easily see 20% of the target share. And with those kind of numbers, it's hard to not be a wide receiver two or three. I, I think I think it's I think it's fitting you mentioned a Jaguars player after we just you know <laughs> we talked about the Jaguars being a team you you like drafting the most from. I I I don't think I like Christian Kirk as much as you do, but I get what you're saying. I think, yeah, the problem was a little bit overpaid, but Trevor Lawrence has someone that I think he can rely, rely a little bit more on as opposed to who he's had in years past. LaVisca Chanel really, really wasn't getting the job. Then Marvin Jones is just getting up in age. So I get what you're saying. Obviously, wouldn't be surprised now if you drafted based on uh, what we were talking about earlier. In, in my defense, um, one of the years that I did have the Jaguars, they did finish the number one defense. So I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> Oh, my God, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. But, I, look, Christian Kirk, I think he's actually a hell of a player in terms of his talent level. Again, the Jaguars are just such an embarrassment of an organization. I don't see how any receiver is going to thrive on that team consistently. But, you know, only time will tell them. they got Trevor Lawrence, they, you know, have a new coaching staff. I mean – we will see, but I'm not yeah. huge on any Jacksonville player right now. But clearly, you are. That's he's the only one I'm uh, really interested in. I like I like Etienne honestly as well. I think he's very talented. But, I think uh, he'll be. I think we'll have a good year this year. I, I think outside of Kirk and Etienne and maybe Trevor Lawrence and Superflex or two QB, there isn't really much value on that roster. I would have to agree. I think I just for for anyone in our league listening, I think you should just pencil in Etienne and uh, Kirk to Lucas's team this year. Let let him continue that um you know trend of Jaguars play, which you no know, those aren't bad players, but I think. Uh, 
let's uh, let him continue that trend there. Yeah, make makes our lives easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We don't have, to, we don't have to worry about Lucas. Absolutely. Go ahead, Austin. Who's another guy you got? All right. So again, I'm not you know digging into you know bottom of the ocean to get these players, but another guy I saw this year. He currently ranked as the 49th uh, best receiver PPR formats. Jacoby Myers. You know, okay. last year, you know, he was came in as the or he finished as the wide receiver 29. However, he was top 20 in targets among all wide receivers. He led the Patriots in targets and receptions. This offseason, they picked up Devontae Parker. He would assume the wide receiver one role. That should open up the field for Myers. He's already going to have a year under his belt with Mac Jones. I do believe his uh, touchdown rate increases. He only had two touchdowns last year. I mean, I had him for a long time, and I was literally on my knees praying every week. I asked my flex player to just find the end zone just once. And he just couldn't, he couldn't do it whenever I had him. But this year I expect a huge progression in touchdowns. I think being the wide receiver two, assuming Devontae Parker takes over the wide receiver one role, Myers should see a big increase in catches and targets. And I think he will benefit from that addition of Parker. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I, I think, you know, Obviously, Jacoby Myers is not an exciting player and he's not on an exciting no. offense by all means. But for no. him to finish within the top 36, he's only going to just have to increase his touchdown rate a little That's bit, it. just just like you mentioned. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a, a you know, a pick that is going to produce week in and week out, not not probably, you know, reach a high ceiling that, that often throughout the season, but it'll be pretty steady throughout the year. I think Jacoby Myers could definitely be a very good selection uh, l- later on in the draft. Another one for me, uh, this is this is someone I love this year, especially with, with some of the injuries that this team is dealing with. Russell Gage, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, currently going as the wide receiver number 45, according to Fantasy Pros. And one, you know, Chris Godwin, we don't know what his status is going to be like coming into the season, coming off of that ACL injury later on last season. And Gage has been pretty good the past two seasons in a not really desirable offense for fantasy in, in the Atlanta Falcons. He's finished as the wide receiver 45 and, and wide receiver 37, but he also has 90-plus targets in each of those years. And, and now Russell Gage, going into the season, he's going to be the wide receiver too until Chris Godwin can be, be healthy. And this is an explosive Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense that I expect Tom Brady to gain a liking for Russell Gage as the season goes on. And we could potentially be looking at Russell Gage having a, a career year in, in the best offense he's played in. So we will make sure that we do the opposite of what you say. Uh, if you want to help, if you want to help ourselves, because clearly why are, you bring, you, why are you bringing this up now? You could, you had, you had my first pick well, to bring that up. Clearly, what, clearly what you, what you do does not work. Uh, I don't know. I, as far as drafting, you're wrong. Lucas, I, how many, I, I how many leave, races do you have? I leave Wait, the dirty the end in draft Lucas. accuracy percentage. I'm asking Lucas. Lucas, how many rings does Jet have? I forgot. Just remind me. Quickly. Why, why are you talking to him about well, rings? Like, despite, like, despite Jet having one ring when he was 12 years old. And yeah, we just 12 years people, old. I do yeah. actually like Russell Gage a lot. I like pairing him with someone like DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> um, I think he'll see a lot of targets, especially if you consider Gronkowski's <laughs> going to be out, retired. Lucas, um, come Godwin's on. going to be out for a – I don't – how long is Godwin going to be out? We we don't know. I he think. could go on the pup list to start the season. So we don't know. And I think you pair him with a guy like Hopkins, who's out for the first six games. I think that's a solid pairing. And you'll yeah. have a wide receiver, too, um, uh, throughout those two the whole year. So 
despite Jets. Uh, I mean, I will say Jet does draft pretty well. He just makes really bad trades. Yeah, yeah does, not wrong. Make pretty horrific trades. No, I wouldn't say horrific. I've made, I've made, I've definitely no. made some bad ones that is, I, I wouldn't say they've been <laughs> trades that have just totally destroyed my season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Had, I would say you have a few of those. Correct I don't me think so wrong. though. Didn't you hand over the league to Alex Joyetta back no, in 2019? I don't know that that Luke narrative. That narrative that is just false. That like that I also remember him trading me uh, Justin Jefferson back for Julio uh, oh, Jones like, two years. Yeah, that, no, yeah, no. But the, the the reason for that is I just it, it was more about just getting Julio no Jones back over principle no than actually yourself. no. There's not, and I there's know no I know it's a I know it's a horrendous trade, but just, it's not just like this trade. Draft. What? Just keep the team you draft. The, the no trades. For, for the most part, I did that last year. I only made, I believe, one or two trades last year, and it most part it worked out. So I. So I basically, Lucas, he's hopeless. Let's let's just keep it at that. He's hopeless. But I, I, but I love I the did. enthusiasm. I love the enthusiasm. Keep it up, Jet. All right, Lucas. Do you have another name you like? Yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, wide receiver threes are, I feel like, are a very uh, not desirable fantasy asset. But when you look at the offense. Uh, Uzama's gone. That's going to open up some targets. Um, and he finished uh, at 31 last year uh, with Uzama and a very bad offensive line. A better offensive line is going to lead to less sacks, less, less drives being ended that way. So I think there's going to be a lot more scoring potential for this offense. And I think he's a great flex play. Um, his upside is kind of limited, but I think his floor is easily wide receiver three. Oh, uh, wide receiver three, not the wide receiver. Three. I gotta One say, uh, that's a that's a good selection for you. I like. I definitely. He's like wide receiver fifty one right now. He's been that's, that's tremendous value. He's been good, and I feel, and he's been consistent every year. Yeah, he, just because he's, good, they, he's good for fourteen points a week. It's crazy. Absolutely, and you know, it's just he's just kind of overshadowed by Higgins and Chase and now Mixon. It's but Boyd has gotten done every year since yeah, I, for sure. For like, as far as I can remember. Absolutely no, I like that a lot. I, I think it's kind of it's it's a different degree than the Jacoby Myers pick. They're they're both not flashy names by 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 any means, but they're still you know able to get the job done on your fantasy teams, especially if you you know fill them in for for someone like a bye week replacement or you know just um, if your need for just a replacement in general. But um, yeah, let's uh, let let's move on to the, the the mock draft that we had as as my uh, as my producer in my ear tells us that we've reached a time limit on that show at my at my point of the show. So now I think what we're gonna do is we're going to move on to our mock draft that we talked about and and kind of look at our, the first round of this draft and kind of assess where we think. Um, you know how it's gonna pan out, considering that we are in a keeper league and. A lot of names are already going to be off the board coming into the first round. It's a super flex keeper league. So there's a handful of quarterbacks, some top tier players that just won't be, you know, be able to be picked in the first round. So let me just uh, talk about what the order is in this draft. So the first pick is Aiden. The second pick is uh, Noah. The third pick is Alex Kirshner. The fourth pick is Alex Strietta. The fifth pick is Sean. The sixth pick is myself. The seventh pick is Lucas. The eighth pick is, I believe, Matt. Is it Max or is it you, Austin? Max is before me. Max is eight. Austin, you're nine. And then Josh is 10. So we'll just go around from pick to pick and kind of talk about who we project going at that pick. So let's start at number one, Aiden Brodsky, who we talked about as keepers last year, who I think has the best set of keepers in the league, is keeping Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson, both guys that 
would have probably been first round picks if, if they weren't, you know, getting kept. So he has some options and obviously plenty of options being that he has the number one pick off the board. So Lucas, who do you, uh, who do you see Aiden taking with this pick? Um, well, Aiden is basically announced to the world. He's Najee Harris. Um, I, I'm, I don't necessarily hate the pick. I think you could probably find some better value. I think CMC and Henry, the top five with considering all the keepers uh, based off fantasy pros uh, is Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, Harrison Cook. So those are some good running backs, but every one, single one of them has red flags. And I think if you want to look at it in a way of drafting the safest player, uh, I think Najee could be that. He's shown to be durable. Henry and McCaffrey both have injury issues. Uh, Eckler less so, but he's so reliant on his – I would personally take Eckler, but I can see the argument for Najee over Eckler. And Cook, uh, he's good for 12, 13 games max. He always misses at least three or four. So Always. I could st- – I, I, see him taking Najee I don't necessarily hate the pick I would go a bit more than the CMC Eckler realm but I don't, I don't hate the pick Austin what about you what do you think so obviously like Lucas said Aiden announced the world that he's taking Najee Harris however I think he should take Derrick Henry first and I know that may be a hot take look Derrick Henry only played eight games last year he came back for the playoffs but in eight games not even half a season he still finishes the RB 22 like that's that's ridiculous and, you know, people are concerned a little bit with the loss of A.J. Brown, how that will affect the run game. But, you know, throughout uh, Henry's career, without A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry has 360 yards. And he has scored three touchdowns in three games without Brown. They drafted Traylon Burks, who is going to assume that A.J. Brown role. They traded for Robert Woods. Understand he's coming off an ACL injury, but he'll still become a, the wide receiver, too, I believe. And they signed Austin Hooper, who's a vertical threat. I believe the duo of Woods, Burks, and Hooper, I believe that will open up the field for Henry. And he had he had first time really getting hurt last year, but he came back. It, it was nothing super serious. I think Henry's as safe as you can get. I mean, he, you know, he was on pace for 1,991 yards last year through eight games. Like, that's ridiculous. I think he's a safe bet. He's a focal point of that offense. He's a true workhorse running back still. And, look, you could any running back can get hurt at this point. It, any running back. Like that, there's no more, you know, you have to be concerned about the injury status. Every running back can get hurt at this point. So I think Henry's the safest bet. He's a true workhorse. The offense revolves around him. If I'm Aiden, I go Derek Henry first, get that three headed monster of Mahomes, Jefferson, and Henry. Yeah, I think regardless of what I think, I think Aiden's taking Najee Harris, and I don't yes. necessarily believe that there's an issue with that. I think if he was looking for safety, I think Najee Harris is definitely a safe pick, and you know, when you want your first round pick, you want to minimize as much risk as possible. And there's a lot of risk with some of those first few picks, especially with Najee Harris only in his second year. Um, he's still going to have a very good season. Obviously, there's more upside with a guy like Derrick Henry or McCaffrey, Eckler. But I, I do, you know, understand his thought process there with, with him taking Najee Harris in one. And, you know, even, even taking Najee Harris, I mean, he still has a great start to that team with Najee, Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson. So. <laughs> All right, with the second overall pick in this draft is going to be Noah Sarmone, who doesn't have much draft capital to work with. And obviously, Austin and I talked about his keepers last episode is really not what you want to see coming into this season. But he yeah. still is going to have to make his second overall pick. And Lucas, who do you think is the guy that he should take or potentially looking at? Yeah. Um, so for the number second pick, personally, I think he has to really swing for defenses on this. He doesn't really have the luxury of uh, Aiden, who has a million picks, to take someone he finds safer. I think it has to be McCaffrey or Henry, realistically. Um, sure, they're a bit more risky, but 
in Noah's case, she's going to need like a dominant, dominant season out of one of those guys to even contend for a playoff spot. So it's got to be one of those two, if you ask me. Austin? So I, Lucas, I do understand actually your angle. I actually didn't think about that. But my pick for Noah, I think he should go with Eckler. For this reason, listen, you know how I feel about Jet. You know how I feel about Eckler. I loved him coming into last season. But Eckler has proven, I know he's gotten hurt in the past, but last year probably was his most efficient year and obviously his best year he's had. But in terms of efficiency, they didn't overuse him. When they did use him, he was using the right way. I mean, he ended up third in scrimmage yards last year. Tied for first in total touchdowns among all running backs. Like, still 27 years old, good years left. I think if Noah wants any chance to salvage his season, he needs someone who he can, he can rely on to be on the field and not, and frankly, I think he has a lowest risk of getting hurt compared to guys like Henry or McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. I think uh, Eckler's the way to go here. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with Lucas. I think McCaffrey or Henry <laughs> is the way to go. And and I think Derrick Henry is going to be the selection. I, I don't know the exact number, but Derrick Henry has been on a lot of Noah's teams in years yeah, past. And and that's kind of a match made in heaven, if you ask me. And, and I think Derek Henry is honestly the safer pick than Christian McCaffrey because, yeah, they've both had injuries in, in years past, but McCaffrey more so the, the past couple of seasons. So I think Noah's going to take Derek Henry with that second overall pick. Yeah, for sure. When you're looking at the range of outcomes, um, I think McCaffrey and Henry just have a much higher ceiling than at yeah. Eckler. Although Eckler four is much more is much higher. So. I agree, hundred percent. We'll see. I'd, if, I'd if, Eckler, if it was me with the number two pick, I would have taken Eckler personally. I would, take Eckler just, I would take Eckler just to make sure I have someone I can rely on to be healthy more so than Henry and McCaffrey. But I do understand, yeah. considering Noah's draft capital position, he needs to probably shoot for the stars a little bit more. Yeah, yeah for sure. I do get, I do get that. Absolutely, and, and for me, based on the the mock draft that I planned out with with the number three overall pick, I think it it works out perfectly with the guy that's picking third overall, and that's Alex Kirshner. And I expect him to take Christian McCaffrey if he's available, considering not only one is he a Panthers fan, he has a, a passion for everything Christian McCaffrey related. And with, with that being said, I think it's going to be a nice thing for Alex to be able to use a first round pick this year. And, and he's not going to miss the opportunity to take that first round pick on, on one of his favorite players. Lucas, what about you? Yeah, uh, I agree 100 percent. I think I think if it goes Najee Henry, though, I think he should probably go Eckler there. But um, I, th- I do think there's no chance he's passing up on McCaffrey. No. Austin? Uh, I, Kirsch, I meant McCaff- it's McCaffrey. Uh, it's yeah. uh, Panth- First of all, the Panthers are his team. We know what McCaffrey can do. I mean, you know, he's the most talented running back in the league. I just think, again, if, if you can stay healthy, but mainly if they can get good quarterback play and, say, com- and the Panthers can stay competitive, I think you'll see McCaffrey – um, on the field for most of the season. I think last year they held him out because they didn't have a chance of making the playoffs, so why risk it? But, listen, they drafted their lineman. I cannot even pronounce his name. Ikem Kwanu Kwanu from NC State. Or however the hell you pronounce his name. Ikea Kwanu. Okay. Beast. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, he's a beast. They have Taylor Moten. You know, he's been a top-rated lineman the past four seasons. More explosive than Eckler and Kamara, I believe. Same kind of player, but more explosive. I think McCaffrey's the way to go here, though. If and you're we've, out there. we've seen really good at handing the ball off. So, that's <laughs> fade in heaven. Listen, with McCaffrey, all you got to do is know how to, you know, dump it off two yards in front of you. That's all you got to do. And McCaffrey does do the rest. Yeah, so for sure. I think, it, I think it'll work. 
Absolutely. Fourth overall is Alex Strieda. And obviously this, I think a lot more decision-making is going to be made with this pick and his keepers a little, little to be determined on that end since it's not definite, but I think Austin and I initially said that he was going to keep Gibson and Herbert. I think potentially he's able to keep Fournette if he goes another round higher than he would initially be taking him considering he doesn't have, I believe, in an eighth or a ninth round pick, but I think his keeper is going to end up being Fournette and Herbert. And with that being said, I still think he goes running back with pick number four. And based on how I've been going in my mock draft, I think then the selection here would be pretty easy. Austin Eckler, just like Austin, I, you know, I was pretty high on Eckler last year as well. And I think he's going to have another fantastic season. You know, Isaiah Spiller could get some more work, but I don't think that's going to impact Eckler too much. There's not really many workhorse running backs to begin with in, in the league. And, Eckler is going to, you know, continue to catch plenty of passes out of the backfield. And while his touchdowns may see a little bit of a decrease from last year, he's still going to be more than more than enough production to be a top five running back this year. Lucas? Lucas? Yeah, um, I, I think Eckler's the pick here. Uh, everything holds up to form. Um, personally, I really hope he takes Gibson instead of Fournette. I'm a huge Fournette guy this year, so that'd be very unfortunate for me. But um, I, I think uh, I think Eckler pick four is easy. I don't think you can really justify taking Dalvin Cook over him and or Adams or Mixon even. So I think I think Eckler has to be a pick, assuming it goes Najee, Henry, uh, McCaffrey. So for me, um, my order is a little different from the both of yours. I had Henry going first, then Eckler, then McCaffrey. I think at this point, then you take Najee Harris if you're Alex Strayetta. Najee had an amazing year last year, but. I'm a little skeptical only because we've seen this. And again, this is, it could be completely different, but we saw this with a guy like Saquon, his first year, excellent year, workhorse running back, terrible offensive line. The next year he couldn't stay healthy. I'm afraid that Najee will be in the same boat. He had a, he had to work very hard last year to get his yards. I mean, he was not even like in the top of the league in yards per carry. Like he had to earn his yards uh, last year and they didn't do anything to address the offensive line this offseason this is projected to be one of the worst groups in the nfl uh you know per pro football you know focus uh they ranked the steelers offensive line 30 out of 32 i mean i just don't know if Najee's going to get the same workload this year because they may want to preserve them and i'm you know that offensive line it's it makes a difference so is saquon and mccaffrey i mean you know no offensive line over usage it hurts so but then again He's in the same. He's in the same boat as Henry, McCaffrey, and Eckler. Same talent level, but I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, I can't even name the Pittsburgh backup running back. Yeah, so I, I, I would imagine they'd give him a similar uh, yeah. workload. But I do, I do agree with you. There are going to be problems when it comes to efficiency. Um, the passing game isn't going to be there. No, and well, a majority of like a huge percentage of of Najee's uh, targets last year came in that one game where he got 14. Mm-hmm. Or whatever I'm just saying, it it's so, gonna be different this year. Yeah, Remember, sure. Pickett, Pickett, and uh, Trubisky—they're mobile quarterbacks. They're gonna get out of the pocket and they're gonna try to make plays with their legs. And Big Ben, you know, he didn't do that. He just dumped, dumped it off. But dealing yeah, with a mobile sure. quarterback, Najee's value—I don't believe he'll finish the same way he did last year, but he'll still be a top five running back, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this is the the kind of 
no receptions he got last year. I don't necessarily see that in, in terms of the quantity. Obviously, he's still going to get plenty of receptions, considering, like Lucas mentioned, not really any clear threats behind him in the backfield. But I definitely expect that, you know, potentially a little regression in the reception department, not necessarily yeah. the rushing department. But uh, then we go on to the fifth overall pick, and that is Sean. And right now we're expecting his keepers to be Tom Brady and Javante Williams. And I think it continues. This draft sets up perfectly because I think there's a no-brainer. We picks a number five, and that would be Dalvin Cook. Minnesota Vikings fan. He has also had Dalvin Cook on his team numerous times. And Dalvin Cook, just because he's not just drafting him because he's a Vikings fan, Dalvin Cook is a, a fantastic player. And even with the Vikings potentially going to a more pass-heavy offense this upcoming season, that could potentially create more receptions for Dalvin Cook. He's still going to get his work on the ground. Alexander Madison's always been a, always been a factor, but Dalvin Cook is still the workhorse running back. And yeah, he'll miss a few games throughout the year, but he's still going to return running back one production, especially in, in the high-powered offense that he's in. Lucas? Yeah, in an effort to put myself in the brain of Sean Curvers, um, I think he's very much a like. If you look at everyone in this league, I think he's by far the most casual fantasy player. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have the opportunity to draft the best running back on your roster and on your favorite team's roster, and he's like top five, that's a match made in heaven for a guy like Sean Curvers. So I think I personally might go somewhere else. I don't really like Cook, but also I took Cook a few guys over Cook a few years ago. That didn't turn out too well for me, but uh, I think he goes cook. I would, you know, this is the, I think this is the only time me and you and Jet will always agree on this. Uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook, uh, I think he's a guy Sean's going to take. I mean, look, we saw last year in 2021, finished as the RB16. He played 13 or 17 games. But the year before that, he finished as the RB2, played in 14 or 16. So like we just said before, Cook is bound to miss two to three, maybe four games. But we know what he can do when he's on the field. But I actually do have optimism for Dalvin Cook this year. And here's why. Their new coach the last few seasons, and we've seen what the Rams do. I think O'Connell is going to use Cook in a more efficient way. I, don't, I think he'll limit his workload, but use him more efficiently like Eckler. And, look, we've seen, you know, young coaches like Sean McVay, what he can do. Um, you know, we know he's uh, – O'Connell is a young, innovative offensive mind. Frankly, I think Cook would be a hell of a pick this year. I actually think he'll play more than usual, um, but we've seen it in his past. He gets hurt. But Sean taking Cook, he gets a nice duo of Cook and Javante Williams, most likely Javante Williams. I think that goes well for Sean. And he has so much draft capital. I think he's. I think it's a great pick. Interesting. I don't. I didn't know you were an injury expert predicting how many games the guy was going to play. That's uh interesting nugget to throw in there, but um, understandable. Um, He's going to miss a couple of games. I don't, I don't really know what you're saying there, but that's fine. Uh, six was me. And this is where, you know, I'm actively trying to trade this pick because I want to accumulate a, some, some more picks a few rounds later. I want to try and get in uh, additional second right. and, and potentially so I'll make a sure, third. I'll make sure to tell the rest of the league to not trade with you. That's fine. Sure. That's fine. I'm already actively in talks with, with people for, for this pick. So don't even worry about trying to uh, stop that there, but yeah, I, one, stay, I wonder who, I wonder who, if, who if I have an idea who he's probably talking to. Right now. I can I, take a guess as soon as Jeff finishes. If, uh -huh. if I, if I do stay at number six, it's very easy for me. And yeah, I could choose someone like a Joe Mixon or Deandre Swift or one of those running backs. But I think at this point, I think it's, very easy for me to just take the, the number one wide receiver available, even though I have Jamar chase, 
already. I think the pick for me would be Devontae Adams. And I think there's plenty of good values for running backs in the second round, especially where I'll be. So I think if I, if I go Adams, I have an, I have an outstanding wide receiver, wide receiving core, which kind of resembles what I had in the first half of the season last year. Obviously I ended up trading Devontae Adams, but I would not be ha- I would not be mad at all if I started with with Adams, Chase, and Jalen Hurts to begin my draft. Lucas, yeah. So Jet has kind of this thing he does every year where he drafts Devontae Adams in the first round and trades him for worse value. <laughs> so I totally see that trend continuing. Um, I think That's not true. Going back to what you were saying, Austin, I think he's probably in talks with his buddy Josh. That'd be my first guess. Um, but yeah, Adams. You know, I think <laughs> I think he'll be great this year. Um, I think the offense will be fantastic. Derek Carr's an underrated quarterback. He's no Aaron Rodgers, clearly. But uh, I will say the offense in Oakland is a lot – not Oakland, sorry, Vegas. It's a lot more talented than the offense uh, built around Aaron Rodgers. So just, just I, yeah. I like the pick. Yeah, just a side note, I drafted Devontae Adams once, and that was last year. I've had him on my team twice. The other year I traded for him. So um, you, don't, you don't have the spreadsheet available like I do at all times. But – Totally understandable. Put a lot of time into that, and I kind of memorized everything on that. So, Austin, know, go ahead. Chad has all the- But I would agree, Jet. I, I do have you taking Devontae Adams. Ultimately, he is the most talented receiver, especially now on the board. Um, no need to bring up his stats because of how dominant he's been. This year, like re- he's reunited with his college teammate, Derek Carr, Fresno State. New head coach in Josh McDaniels, you know, coordinator with the Patriots from 2012 to 2021. I don't think Adams will have the same kind of year, though, he's had in Green Bay with Rodgers, only because I don't think we'll have the same volume because they have so many more weapons. Regardless, he'll still finish as a top five wide receiver, no doubt about it. And he'll be in, the, in a division where, frankly, offense should be king. With, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs, maybe even Denver, we'll see. But he's the best wide receiver, and I think he's the best player on the board at this point. And you get your three-headed monster of Hurts, um, Chase, and Adams. So Yeah, I also I like think that. it's important to note that, um, like, if you want to look at the top wide receivers that probably aren't going to be kept, you're looking at Adams, Debo Samuel, right. Tyreek Hill, and then yeah. A.J. Brown is the fourth, which is crazy. So yeah. I think being able to lock in one of those guys – and have that sort of two guys who realistically should go in the first for wide receivers, I think is a, a great play for you, Jet. Appreciate it. Yeah. So right. no, number six, number, number six pick. Number oh, seven. Number seven. seven. Yeah. Sorry, number Keep seven. losing Sorry. track. I don't think you're focusing too busy worrying about your golf game in a couple of hours, which is fine. You're not dedicated. <laughs> but uh, number seven is our very own Lucas Lima. And I, I think, you know, there, there's there's options for him. Obviously, it's it's going to be a running back because considering the next best wide receiver is Debo Samuel, and I just, despite you being a 49ers fan, I just don't see you pull pull the trigger on Debo in the first round. But I think your pick is going to be Joe Mixon. From from what I've heard, you're you're pretty high on him. And to just to start up with a running back duo of Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon, uh, Joe Mixon as your RB two, that that is absolutely outstanding. And I was, I was someone who was very high on Joe Mixon a year ago. I would say I'm a little less high on him this year. That's why I didn't pick him at six. I think he's still going to be an RB1, but 
I just am very skeptical that he's able to put two high-end seasons together because Joe Mixon does have a track record of being inconsistent from year to year at times. Obviously, you know, he's had injury issues in the past. Still going to be an RB1, but I think Joe Mixon makes the most sense for Lucas to pick. Yeah, so to sort of talk about my own pick, um, I've been thinking about this pick a lot because there's a lot of thought that goes into it. But if you look at the guys that are available after him, it's DeAndre Swift, Debo Samuel, Kelsey, Kamara, Tyreek Hill. Maybe there's a world by the time draft time comes around that Kamara isn't suspended for any games. I don't see that likely. If that's the case, I'll probably go Kamara. But when you look at those other guys, I think Mixon is clearly in a tier above all of them. Um, I think it'll, I think if you look at last year compared to the years before, the only thing that really changed was he scored a lot more touchdowns, I think. He did. So I like Mixon for the value, personally. Um, I don't think he has the same ceiling as the guys above him. Mm-hmm. I think there is a big drop-off between – the top five running backs available and Mixon, but he should be a lock for running back one uh, barring injury. So that's probably we'll end up going unless uh, someone doesn't take a QB that should be taken uh, for a keeper. I would have to agree with that uh, last year, Mixon finished as the RB4. He played in 16 of 17 games. Uh, very shocked to stay healthy. He had 13 touchdowns last year on the ground, which is fourth among all running backs. So uh, as you said before, his touchdown rate went up. The keys for Mixon staying healthy, Joe Burrow playing elite and the offensive line. And they picked up Lyle Collins. He is great when he's healthy, of course. Um, and I, you know, keeping the core of Burrow, Chase and Higgins, I think that opened up the field for Mixon and like, and, you know, getting a duo of Jonathan Taylor and Mixon and then Lamar Jackson on top of it. That's just, that's scary. That's well, yeah. Scary. I think you look at the, the Bengals offense, most of their offensive line is new and it's all been upgrades. So mm-hmm. I think the offensive line is probably like went from being the worst in the NFL last year to being easily top 10. So you look at that kind of improvement and you can only wonder like how much better is mixing going to be? We'll see, but I don't, I don't really see another pick for me unless Noah maybe doesn't take uh, Kyler Murray. That would make things a little interesting. I think it does. We'll see what Noah, we'll see what Noah does uh, uh, with his keepers considering he has zero draft capital. All right, number eight, I believe. Number eight. Thank you. Thank you for finally keeping track of where we are. We're where we are. Number eight is Max, and his keeper is outstanding set of keepers. Obviously, Austin alluded to this last week, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. So with that being said, I think wide receiver is definitely off the table for him. I definitely believe he's going to go running back with this pick. You know, a few options, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, obviously Alvin Kamara, if, if he's not suspended, depending on if Lucas takes him or not, all, all those variables in, into play. But I believe DeAndre Swift is going to be the pick for Max here. He, he seemed to have, you know, kind of like DeAndre Swift the past couple of seasons. I know, know last year he was definitely a big fan. I wouldn't be surprised if that continues into this year. And, you know, DeAndre Swift last year, despite missing the, the latter of the season, absolutely one of the the big targets for Jared Goff on that Lions offense and this Lions offense got better. And yeah, his, his target share potential is going to go down with some of those new weapons, but Dan Campbell, who was at the helm of that offense early on the season, loved to use him more, more so as a running back, gave him more carries than when Anthony Lynn did later on in the season. So I think if, if that can, that theme continues, DeAndre Swift's going to have another fantastic season, obviously barring that he's able to stay healthy. Lucas. Uh, well, I think there could. I think it comes down to two two players for uh, Max. I think Swift is probably the favorite. I'd say 70-30. but I can see an outside chance he goes with Tyreek Hill. Um, huge Dolphins Interesting. fan. Interesting. Uh, I think I personally am very high on Tyreek Hill. It's going to be a shame that I don't have the opportunity to draft him this year. 
But I think Max could very well find himself talking himself into Tyree Kill, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, and Josh Allen. Just having an AFC East, like, that would be nuts. Like, the just the explosion potential week to week. Allen could put up 40 any week. Diggs a little less so, but we know Tyree Kill's ceiling every single game. So, I really could see him going with uh, Tyree Kill there. That is uh, – honestly, I was not expecting that. But knowing Max, he has shown in the past to take a bit of a risk or, you know, go outside the box on his pick. So, all right, now that you mentioned it, I can actually see that. But I'm going to have to agree here with Jet. I think Swift is a pick for Max since he already has a receiver in Stephon Diggs. This year, you know, the Lions drafted Jameson Williams, who is a stud. He's an electric receiver. And I think his presence, you know, I'm hope, hopefully the progression of Amon Ross St. Brown and obviously, you know, great tight end play from them, uh, TJ Hawkinson. I think that'll open up the field for Swift. The only red flag I have for him is he did lack some volume last season. And a lot of games you saw, he had a lot of garbage time touchdowns which obviously that's king in fantasy there's garbage time but it's hard to rely to be confident in the guy if he had to rely on garbage time stuff for him but regardless i think he's the best player available he's only 23 years old and frankly max will get allen Diggs, that duo with a top running back talent in swift so i'm about it i think yeah. swift is the way to go yeah, and, and if anyone knows Max, it, it's Lucas. I, I think that that pick could very well happen. I honestly, not thinking about it more, I think he's had Tyreek Hill on his teams a bunch of times. So if, if he were to do that, make that pick, obviously, you know, he would have a little bit of a hole of running back, but there's there's some good values in the second round. So, you know, to start off with two big wide receivers like that, that would definitely not, not be a bad move at all. All right, number nine, our, our very own Austin Geller. For me, this is actually the, the diff most difficult pick yeah. to make among, among the first round, considering so Austin's keepers, Jalen Waddle and Dak Prescott. I, I can't see him taking us uh early, you know, Debo Samuel here earlier, AJ Brown, just no. way, way too early for one of those guys. Yeah, you could go with someone like Travis Kelsey, but I I don't believe that he's gonna do that either. So I, I think. You know, Austin has the, the potential to, you know, surprise some people in drafts. I think he's done that in years past, and I know he's very high on this guy, and maybe it's a little bit early, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say Austin's going to take Saquon Barkley here <laughs> at number nine overall just because I, I know you're, I know Austin's very high on him, and I'm starting to grow on him a little bit. The offense is going to be a lot better this year. Saquon is still very, very young, and I, I was looking at a stat um, the other day, and every year – the RB1 is someone who's 25 years or younger and the number one overall running back has not repeated in consecutive years there. That running back is also a top 12 pick. And there's only three running backs that fit that criteria. Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift and Saquon Barkley. And, and we know what Saquon is capable of. He just has not had the offensive round him, the offensive line, the, the quarterback, the, the weapons, just, it just hasn't been there. The play calling has been awful. And I think Saquon is definitely due for a bounce back year. Yeah, it may be a little bit of a reach here, but I know how much Austin loves Saquon. I just don't see any other picks that, you know, I could see him making here. But Austin, you, you go second here, considering this is your pick. Actually, I, I want to hear what Lucas has to say first. Okay, then I'll, okay. Then, make, then Lucas. I'll tell you. I want to hear what Lucas has to yeah, say. Yeah, so I think it's basically all going to come down to uh, suspensions, right? I think if Watson gets six games for whatever reason, I think Nick Chubb is probably the pick. I think depending on how Kamara comes out, Kamara could be the pick. 
I think Saquon is a hell of a reach. I think you have guys like Fournette, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Kamara, all guys that I would take over him. Um, but Austin is a Giants fan, and he does have an irrational love for uh, <laughs> someone who has disappointed him year in and year out. So I could see it. I don't think he goes Kelsey. I don't think he goes wide receiver. It's going to come down to suspensions, for, I think, for him personally. Yeah, but before Austin, really quick, I, the reason I didn't say you picked Fournette is because I'm assuming that Alex is going to end up keeping him. I think – I know you don't like Aaron Jones, so I, I don't really think you're going to go that direction – but I just think, yeah, it's a reach. But with the other names available, I think it's the, the most logical for you. But what do you think? So, interestingly enough, you know, I was thinking Saquon because I do think he's going to have a great year this year. I really do. I think the whole, you know, Giants, again, they're my team. But they revamped the whole coaching staff, Brian, you know, Brian Dable. Um, they're, you know, they're O-line. They've dra- you know, we drafted, you know, amazing, we had an amazing draft. But – you know, it's still the Giants. I'm still a little skeptical. So, Jet, I know it's going to surprise you. After doing some research, I'm actually considering Aaron Jones. Really? Wow. With my pick. Here's why. You know, last year he finished as the RB11. It was a very weird year for Aaron Jones. I, I, like I told you last year, he's good for three big games. After that, he's kind of okay. But here's what I noticed. 2020, he was the RB5. He had 1,100 rushing yards, fifth among running backs. So what has changed this year? Well, clearly no more, no more Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones in games without Devontae, he's averaged four and a half catches, averaged six targets, 48.5 receiving yards, and he's averaged 23 points per game without Adams. So clearly he's dynamic when Adams is not there. I, I'm expecting that the Green Bay Packers use Aaron Jones in the receiving department a lot more this year than any other year. If he stays healthy... I actually think he could be a top 10, maybe even top seven running back uh, this season. And I think he has the most upside because of the potential for the volume he has. And frankly, I need a running back anyway. I love Dak. I think he's going to be great as usual. Waddle, we'll see. Because, you know, I don't, we'll see with Waddle. And I think Aaron Jones gives me the best chance out of any running back remaining just because of the volume alone. Yeah, I expect to see a lot of two running back sets this year, especially with the receivers. You can't mm-hmm. like unless you want to run out uh, Watkins, Lazard, and then one of the rookies every single snap. Right. And you got gonna... Tanyan. Like I, I do think you're going to see a lot of uh, running back, two running back sets uh, with Dylan and Jones. So Joe, and I, I think you can see the potential for that for sure. I think Jones is going to be great this year. I think they're going to use him a lot as a receiver. Um, so I expect his, and especially PPR leagues, I like him. Again, I'm not saying I'm going to get him, but he's. I, I'm high at him now. Wow. Yeah, he fucked me last year, so I'm avoiding him like the play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I, yeah, I mean, obviously I think that's the more logical pick. I just didn't think you, you know, had that love for Aaron Jones as it, apparently you do now, but yeah, that, that's the pick I would make for you, but I just, you know, why, why not throw Saquon out there based on the other players around, and I just think it, no, you're it, right. it, it makes sense, though. I, no, you're right. I understand that. Like, Saquon is, you know, I, I'm very high in him this year, but I agree. I think round one's a little too much of a reach uh, for Saquon, in my, in my opinion. If you didn't have a second-round pick, though, would you have taken Saquon there? If I didn't have a second-round pick? Didn't, yeah. No, I'd still take Aaron Jones. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We only have about like seven or so minutes here. For some reason, Zoom's not cooperating today. But let's get on to the final pick in this draft in the first round of the draft, which is Josh, who has the the 10th overall pick. And I think 
I'm going to just continue with how my mock draft has been going. I say if, if Austin ends up taking Saquon, I think then Josh would take Aaron Jones for all the reasons that mm. Austin just talked about. He's going to have a, a very big year considering he's going to be used more as a receiver. I don't think the, the A.J. Dillon right behind him affects him too much considering like no. Lucas was saying with the, the two running back sets, plenty of work to go around and, who knows? Maybe Aaron Jones ends up being the, the leading receiver in terms of, of yards this year based on obviously that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers and just the, the lack of experience in that Green Bay res, uh, receiving room. Lucas, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's going to be Kelsey. Lock it in. Um, back-to-back first rounders. And He's not doing it. I, I disagree. Maybe you know him better than I do, but I'm, I'm locking in Kelsey here. He's got what? He's keeping Cup in the third, has two fourth-round picks. He can go running back in the second and take a running back in the fourth. I don't. That's, I, th- I think it's Kelsey. He took Kelsey last year. But the only the only reason I'll say because just from talking to him, he, he was not happy of how that worked out last year after drafting Kelsey and just having a hole in, in other positions. And Kelsey didn't have as good of a year as we've seen from him in the past. I I get the thought process, but I just do you think, think from, do you think he'll fade Kelsey on his back to back picks though? Because that's to, well, that's to me to me that's the thing. He has back to back picks. That brings up. And that, that's where I want to add it. I'll jump in right here. I think if he does not – I have Josh taking Kelsey. I think he, Josh should take Kelsey with this pick. But I think if he doesn't take Kelsey on this one, he should take him on the back-to-back pick then. He should take yeah. him on the next one, ultimately. I, I, think he goes, I, I think he goes running back, running back, especially after him going zero RBs last year. I think yeah, he kind of – What, Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones? Yeah, but Jet, I here, don't know. Jet, here's the difference. Josh has so much draft capital this year. Yeah, I think he can actually afford to take a guy like Kelsey, lock in that tight end position. Listen, Kelsey didn't have the year we've grown accustomed to see him having. He still finished as the tight end, too. Like, mm-hmm. he still was a dominant player. Right. And remember, the whole Chiefs offense was a little weird last year. Like, even Tyreek Hill, like, I think this year it'll be very different. I think because Hill's gone, I think Andy Reid's going to work in Kelsey a lot more. I trust it. I think Cal- – Lucas, I'm with you. I think Kelsey is the way to go here. If not this pick, then his – uh, wraparound pick. Also, by far the receiver he has the most uh, chemistry with. Like, yeah, you look at they yeah. replaced all yeah. those guys. They have Juju and MVS now. Right, um, like, yeah, and I, Scott, I, and Sky Moore. Kelsey and, lock it in. I, I agree. I think Kelsey is the best way to go for Josh. But I, I don't see it. Best. I don't. I, I get what you're saying. I, I get what both of you are saying. But I just think based on prior history and just you know learning from, I think not not necessarily mistakes, but I think based on yeah, I get I get the point. You no, know, he has all that draft capital early on. He can afford to make a pick like a Travis Kelsey, you know. But we'll have to see. Only only time will tell. We don't even know in our draft is yet. Still still working on a date there. But I think very interesting to see how this first round pans out, considering the the type of keepers and the the who the keepers are, because you know a lot of those keepers would have been first round picks. So now a lot of guys get moved into the first round. But running low on time here, Lucas, we want to thank you for joining us. You you were great. You know this it's going to be another fun season, and looking forward to you know fifty more years of the Dirty Diaz with you. Yeah, I think I got to make a, a few adjustments. I got to make is uh, anytime you offer me a trade, I just got to take it because it usually uh, <laughs> even the ones I don't take they end up uh, panning out for me if I had taken it. So. Well, yeah, Luke, that's Lucas, that's the one adjustment I plan on making this year. Lucas, I know I speak for Jet. I definitely would love to have you on the show again this year, especially yeah, during the sure. season. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe when you and Jet have a matchup uh, approaching that way. Oh, I would love to come on after and talk some shit. You know, I don't know oh, if yeah. he wants to. I mean, the record doesn't really show that he's going to have necessarily any success uh, historically. But you know, I would love to have you on before one of our matchups. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Pleasure to be on, guys. 
Appreciate having you. Thank you, Lucas. Austin, take us home. All right, guys, you know the drill. Can't handle the heat. Jet Rosenstein, get out of the kitchen. Please, Jet Rosenstein. Lucas is good. Thank you. See you guys.